0: Support for 91.5 The Rebel HD 2 comes from Smashburger, located on Maryland Parkway in University Square. Smashburger is open daily from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Smashburger now accepts Rebel Cash and is the official sponsor of Lunchtime on the Rebel HD 2. K-U-N-V HD 2, Las Vegas.
1: Talk to top we top to top. from the shots card called, to the tomahawks, to the league boss, and the ones who lost, give it to me once, I don't drop the ball, to the home runs that was out the park, Kershaw when I'm pitching off, Kobe the Howard, he looking soft,
0: LA Rams in the city, y'all, we got special guests, got breaking news, come top to talk, bitch at the talk. Out of spots.
2: Hello, hello. Happy Monday. You've heard the song. You know what that means. It's time for Talk That Talk on 91.5 KUNV, The Rebel HD2. I'm Alex White. Follow me on social media at AlexWhite with two E's. And I'm here with the one and only Chatterbox. Follow him on social media at Sir underscore C-H-A-T-T-E-R-B-O-X. Yeah, yeah. Hello, hello, Terrell. How you doing today?
1: Semester's almost over, so I guess I'm supposed to be smiling from ear to ear, right?
2: Yeah, well, it also comes with stress. Right? Yes, <laughs> a lot of
1: projects do. A lot of final papers do. Um, pff, tired. <laughs>
2: Just think tired. in two weeks you will be done.
1: Yes, I'll be a free man for about two additional weeks. <laughs> yep. And then it's right back to the grind.
2: Right back to the grind. We got big things coming this summer. Yes, yes. Can't wait for you to get out there for the aviators yes. with me. so going to be fun we just we're it's actually a change of pace it is it is right but you've been doing baseball you've been covering UNLV baseball oh yeah semester, definitely so definitely just keep that going we're um we're in the middle of a 12 game homestand yes at the Las Vegas ballpark and uh today is game four so everyone who's listening in Las Vegas come check out the new stadium the new team um uh, triple team for the Oakland A's um, yeah anything else we got to talk about what's on the agenda do our announcements I'll give a shout out again the guys playing Monday night uh, Honey Salt in Summerland from 6 to 9 their band's name is Paloma I think you can check out their music on Spotify so check them out
1: definitely check them out uh, I'm in a process of again we, we were talking about so many different things that we're doing but I'm in a process of trying to get the podcast onto some sort of platform unsure of which platform yet but a lot of people are telling me spotify a lot of people are telling me to get it up on spotify so another thing that i had to put into my grocery basket <laughs> and be like okay cool don't forget this one.
2: your to-do list i'm like looking oh, over my, my laptop and that to-do list is is crazy
1: it's not even done and what how what many do i have seven yeah only seven i'll probably show you later i'll be up to probably somewhere north of like 20
2: That's all right. We just got to start checking them off one at a time.
1: Absolutely. Slowly but surely. The marathon.
2: So I can't. Okay. You already know. I can't wait for the second segment. I can't wait to talk about the NBA playoffs because so much has changed since last Monday. It's a lot. Yes. But before we get there, something else crazy happened. And that was the Kentucky Derby.
0: Yes.
2: So the first time in the history of the Kentucky Derby, that there was a disqualification.
1: Yes, and we could actually get to my dad's tip in first because that's what it was actually about. So do you want to go ahead and start it off first and kind of prelude it, or did you want him to—
2: um. No. Let's hear it. Let's hear I it. want to go
1: straight to tipping. Okay. So he said that this is sort of a continuation of last week's conversation about the refs and umps costing uh, teams wins. He said, and obviously, he's been watching um, and enjoying sports racing for many, many years, and he's he's seen horses get mugged coming down the stretch. Not a disqualification. He said he's seen plenty of them get. Um, he's seen plenty of them getting completely taken out of the race still with no disqualification he said he has also seen horses barely get brushed or veer slightly into the path of another horse and get taken down he said so really it's a judgment call by the stewards and sometimes it's not fair he said in his opinion maximum security got robbed he said i'm all for jockey for the jockey safety first and foremost but to me i don't believe maximum security endangered the rider of war of will yeah, I'm sorry. The writer of War of Will enough to be taken down. I could see. I'm sorry. I could even see if it was more. Um, if it was War of Will. Um, let me read that one more time. Let me double check. I'm reading the right thing. I could even see it more if War of Will was close at the finish, but he had ne- he didn't. But he never had a chance to win the race. To me, Country House was the recipient of a of an early Christmas gift.
2: I couldn't agree more. So. I, it was crazy. So I was actually watching, and I saw um, Maximum Security win. Mm-hmm. And then I saw them going through this whole thing, and then I kind of had to leave and go to the ge- the baseball game. Right. But, so when I got there, I was like, what happened? And it was actually Mr. Calvert I saw, and he was mm-hmm. like, he's disqualified. He was disqualified. He didn't win. And I'm like, "I because like, the announcers, they kept saying, like, they're going to take their time. They're going to want to make sure they make the right decision. It's never happened before. Like They've never disqualified a horse. So I thought for sure like it wasn't gonna go that way and did you see your dad is completely right so he does kind of nick the horse next to him but that wasn't that wasn't um i'm actually
1: about to pull it up right now because i i had read all about it but obviously in the middle of everything i didn't get the chance to see the finish yeah but um i did obviously hear plenty about it um but we're actually looking at it right now. Yeah. But um, I mean, honestly, horse racing in general, and I've I've told you before, Hollywood Park is, is right. such a and I, I will continue to say is, even though I know it's not still standing, but the Hollywood Park racetrack um will always be, like I said, just like a martyr in terms of just uh like a staple in my life just from seeing races there. From like I said, from from being right there where you can see the final stretch. Like you said, when you when you're watching the horses come down that final stretch, um, there's a different level of excitement. So I I can only imagine being at the I mean the biggest race and you're sitting there like, okay, cool, we just secured something, and it's snatched from you. Uh and I mean, as I said before, anytime that there's a first in anything, you're gonna get people that have their their uh their opinions about it. But I don't know, when you call somebody something like this I don't know. something, I, But see, again, I don't know what needs to be done. Like, I guess it goes back to human error. It, human error um, happens. And like I said, and especially with a disqualification cause, always going to be your word against theirs. Right. Or vice versa. So. Yeah,
2: it was so heartbreaking. I watched the interview of the jockey and the trainer after. And the trainer was like, I'm going to break down. I don't really know if I can do this interview yet. Like, it was the emotion was so real. He was like just beyond excited and then for that to happen it's the other thing that i noticed is when they were interviewing country house's jockey he seemed uncomfortable to me
1: for sure it was like sure. i
2: don't really know if if i am the winner but we had to just challenge it kind of thing you know
1: i mean it's like what do you what what else are you supposed to do in that situation a- i
2: mean absolutely it was i mean a-
1: and i just actually watched the finish right now too and yeah that's one of those where it's like but see, it's one of those things to where if I was betting on, <laughs> on, I'm not even gonna lie. If I was betting on anybody else, I would have pointed and been like, "That horse needs to be taken out." But if I'm betting on maximum security, I'm looking at it like, "Are you kidding me?" So
2: I have a couple I, of friends yeah. who actually did.
1: Who who was betting on maximum security? Yep. Oh, they are hurt. I know.
2: Um, I heard. I'm gonna have to look up the exact number, but I guess the sports books saved nine million from that from that switch how does
1: vegas always win i don't know it doesn't matter what happens vegas always wins i mean even when the Golden Knights were doing what they were doing vegas was kind of like
2: yeah
1: (laughs) like we understand that that's the home team but uh that's a lot we're gonna have to shell out if they do it
2: yeah so then they um they get smart and they start making all these props and then Mm -hmm. people start getting
1: getting sidetracked yep
2: exactly getting
1: sidetracked it's it's, so it's a big game it yep. it's nothing but a game
2: um okay so i did jump the gun a little bit i forgot i had tryouts this weekend i didn't forget yes um shout out to savannah sibley the head coach and uh my, our assistant coaches carly mikey we had some guest judges some old UNLV cheerleaders my unlb shout out. my coach here at UNLV, nakia she came and my flyer um back in the day emily so it was that's great. always fun right it was fun it was it was good it was pretty easy you won't believe how many um you cheerleaders we have now but uh, i'm gonna let you guess i gotta guess yep
1: oh my gosh all right give me the exact number from last year's team and i'll go from there
2: okay we started with 40 and we ended up with 38 okay we so 38. Th- I'm, I'm
1: gonna stick with the number that popped in my head first because i was hoping that i wasn't like Overshooting too too far, overshooting it or too far undershooting it. But first thing that popped into my head was fifty
2: three. Ooh, that's no, that's how many we ended. So we have first cuts Friday. Mm-hmm. That's how many there were. On okay, Saturday. That's funny. We got down to forty five. Forty five. Yes, Ooh. but there's something else. Uh oh. Another announcement with that. Oh. We have four male UNLV cheerleaders.
1: Hey. Yeah. So it, when's the last time that you had male cheerleaders?
2: Oh my gosh. Um six seven years ago
1: six seven years ago
2: but it was it was really hard to recruit guys i mean recruit because Mm -hmm. they have to pay to be on the team right but we um back then it was more of like a tumbling like the the guys that could tumble wanted to be on the team okay and then it never really worked out they didn't get to compete they ended up being in cirque shows and doing great things like that but so now we actually have three guys that can partner stunt and one guy, uh, I think he's he's working on it, but he's more of like a group stunt with the girls. But, yeah, so it's going to be fun. It's going to bring a lot of excitement to the sideline for football and basketball.
1: You just said something that was interesting, and now maybe we can add that to um, a potential podcast conversation. But with all the shows that are out here on the Vegas Strip, why would it be so hard for you guys to get male cheerleaders?
2: That's true. I think um, the commitment to going to school and do it and taking okay. – 12 credits you know most of them are working they make pretty good money doing those shows so yeah it's a.
1: I think we said that a couple of times out here like you just have to be smart in vegas because there are so many opportunities to make money um you just gotta you gotta know yourself like before you come out here like you have to right because the moment that you get the taste of that money, it can happen so quickly and it can keep flowing in that you kind of sit there like, I don't really need school. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: really need this, actually. Absolutely. So as long as you keep yourself away from that mentality, I think you'll be fine. And um, like I said, there's plenty of opportunity. So it's not like they're going anywhere.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, OK, so I do have a alternative stats before for you. we
1: get to that, too. Yes. Let me actually go ahead and shout out the 702 Jags who opened up football camp on yes, Saturday as well. yes. So that was uh, that was very, very fun. Uh, like I said, ages all the way from um, three years old, three, four and five, I think are starting with flag. And then we have the 14U team. Like I said, we have everything in between. So really, really happy. It was a really, really good turnout. Um, I think last year when I got here, uh, well, it wasn't even last year, but two years ago when I got here, I think they had already opened camp. I think I had showed up maybe like two weeks.
2: Uh huh.
1: Maybe a couple of weeks. Maybe a couple of weeks afterward. Um, And I kind of just tried to get in where I fit in. So I was just trying to – and then, of course, it was school starting. So I was further away. Basketball, um, obviously, I told you that was the first sport that I was around and coaching. So we're going to try to make football season happen too. Uh, It opened up on Saturday. Like I said, kids are out there. They're super energetic, super excited. You have so many kids looking at us like, oh, these drills are easy. All right, cool.
2: That is I a, hope you
1: say that in that on the 3 weeks in the camp. I hope you still saying that.
2: That is a lot of teams. So That's a lot. <laughs> 3 through 5.
1: Mm-hmm, for flag. For flag and, and then, then we then have 6U, we have 6U th- tackle, 8U tackle, 10U tackle, 12U tackle, 14U tackle. Oh my gosh. So yeah, we got a couple of. So
2: them. do you know do you have a specific age group are you going uh, to kind of be
1: you know what's funny a know, lot of the middle position? school coaches a lot of the middle school basketball coaches are um with the 14u team so i'm pretty sure they're going to keep me with the middle schoolers so i'm pretty sure i'll be flirting between that 12u and that 14u but because of football season obviously being on Saturdays and things of that nature I'm gonna try to just try to be a positions coach that's right. my goal that's my goal um and like I said even in even being a co with somebody else in terms of something because football is gonna be that sport where I'm not gonna be able to be around as much right basketball season I have a little bit more flexi- uh, flexibility but football season we only play once a week <laughs> so
2: are you seeing a lot of your basketball guys oh so yeah You turned your you actually made your you took your basketball team and they originally started from football, mm-hmm. right? So now they're back up. At their, back,
1: back in their element. Back in their element. And you can see it too. And that's the fun part. Like, And and I guess it's different for me because seeing them around basketball and seeing how they were at practice and seeing how they were just energy-wise was one thing. But having so many of them tell you when, when they were getting frustrated or when things were going wrong and they would tell you just like, well, football is my first sport. And you just you hear certain things like that and it's just like, oh, okay, that's great. But you know what i mean we still need you to right. focus on, on, on the task at hand but you could really see that when they get out there and it's the first day of camp and you you can see it as i said before the ones that were saying that you you look at them and you're like oh okay i that's, see why you said that that's funny so i mean as long as i'm a, i mean like i said i tell people all the time i think i learned just as much from them as they would claim that they learned from me i don't even know what they would even say that they've learned from me yet but I learned just as much from them 100 just sitting just sitting around just watching them and watching how they interact
2: absolutely um okay so are you ready Whew. uh
1: i guess it's i guess
2: time for our alternative stats let's do it if you're just tuning in you're listening to talk that talk on 91.5 kunv the rebel hd2 you can follow us on twitter and instagram it's at talk that talk lv if you want to follow us on facebook it is talk that talk radio show yes yes this portion of the show is called alternative stats i'm gonna give t here three stats one of them is false two of them are true he has to figure out which one is false let's do it here we go okay so i'm gonna say quote unquote officials Mm -hmm. are called stewards in horse racing the second one cinco de mayo celebrates the date of the mexican army's 1862 victory over france And the third one is 11 horses have won all three races, making them a triple crown winner.
1: Okay. Um, (laughs) hmm, That's interesting because I do know when it comes to just Mexican independence in general, I know that September 16th is an important day for that culture as well. Um, I don't know the, Specifics between the two days. That's the only difference.
2: You could be onto something. I just said 1862. I can look up the actual date for you if that helps. Okay.
1: Because you, you know, as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, too, the last one, the last fifth. one was,
2: oh, obviously, Cinco de mayo. 15. Hello. I was
1: about to say right, single um, de mayo, 1862. I would assume that the the last one seems weird because 11 is really really high. I think the last one that I remember seeing, uh, like paying attention to was, uh, was it Big Brown?
2: Um, last year's was, and it was- Last year somebody won a Triple Crown? Yes. I
1: was about to say, cause there was one, I know it had. I'll put it this way. Big Brown, I know for a fact was the one, last one that I had watched and me and my dad was like, like chronicling. Um, and then I knew that another one had, took, had taken place, but I wasn't in the fold at the time. But still, the number eleven seems really high. Because when Big Brown did it, I don't. I think he was the sixth or the seventh almost.
2: So, Justify was last year.
1: Justify, yes. that was the other one that I wasn't up on. Because my dad kept texting me about it, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" Um, so, because of that, I'm gonna say the last one only because eleven sounds high.
2: Okay. So, so you do know you knew Stewart's. So that was easy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Cinco de Mayo. That is correct. I didn't want to. Okay. I didn't want to make it too hard so what is September 16th I (laughs) kind of want to know that now Donna Aunt Mel Aunt Brenda I know you guys are all listening can you guys text me and help us out with this let's see if we get anything okay well it's just fitting that you win off default you got it correctly but you're going to be shocked because it's actually the other way there's 13 triple crown winners
1: there's 13 yep so I said it was alternative staff for the wrong reason yep all right. Thirteen. That's
2: what I'm saying. Just go with this year. You know, we just have a <laughs> win off a of default.
1: Thirteen.
2: Yes. We're gonna How have long to- have they been doing this trip?
1: You know what? We now we have to now I'm about to try to ask plenty of more questions. Let's get that away. Um, To answer your question, by the way, um, September 16th, 1810 was uh, there was a revolt against the Spaniards in which. Mexico de- uh, declared its independence. So their independence day is September 16th. Nice. So I knew September 16th was some sort of significant day. I was just like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Um so there we go. Boom. I'm I'm happy with that.
2: Very nice. Um okay, so the backlash with the derby and everything. A lot of people have been saying it kind of just goes with this year and we kind I'm kind of bringing it back from last week. Yeah. So the Saints, the Knights. <sighs> and now the Kentucky Derby. Do you feel the same way?
1: Um I know that I've said it before like in terms of basketball and football like something has to be done. Um I don't even know. And you know what's funny because Max says it a lot and it's the weirdest thing because because with basketball they like to say that like everything's moving so fast that like human error is a part of the game whatever whatever but like max said if you guys get a call if you guys have a call that's like up for uh, it's up for question um in that moment they show a replay that we watch from home right that we know at least 98% that we see what happens why don't you guys do the same right so I I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess if they're going into it. It take too much time. I don't know, because you're still doing it in, in the last two minutes anyway.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: So it's like maybe if you get that call correct in the first quarter, maybe we don't have to. Maybe it's not even close in the in the fourth quarter. Maybe we don't have that issue. Yep. So I don't know. And that's I'm, I'm, true. That th- is
2: a good point right there.
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, at this point, I don't know. But I really do feel because I look at football. And like the Secaucus Center and I mean, the the replay center in Secaucus, New Jersey, for basketball is one thing. They do it for buzzer beaters. They do it for the last two minutes, things of that nature. Football. They literally have referees in press boxes. They have referees downstairs in the tent. They have referees in in the headquarters. Like they have referees stationed everywhere. Granted, it's one day a week, essentially, where all the teams are playing. So we understand that. But at some point you have to have more than the aisles that's, that's on the field to play. You have to. Right. It just doesn't make sense to not have that. Um right. The replay is a really just the thing that confuses me because we have them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that we have is. them. It's very true. It's what we have them for. Like, intramural sports, like, refereeing in the rec center, like, that's what was different. Like, you don't have that.
2: Exactly. So
1: you really have to stand by a call, like, nah, i seen it this way. Even if I'm wrong, like, I, hey, maybe I'll look for it next time, but I saw, I saw it this way. You know what I mean? We'll go from there. But,
2: with, professional, with sports, professional sports. Yeah. With professional
1: sports? With these things on the line? I don't Okay, I so don't
2: I just, uh, we just had an extra innings Friday night for the first time this season. And I I was reminded that there was a rule change in minor league baseball. And that started last year. Do you know what it is? Minor league baseball? So uh, for extra no. innings. No. Okay, so they start with the last <sighs> hitter will start on second every extra inning yeah now i know i forgot about it until they did it on friday night and how do you feel about that rule
1: i mean same situation like i was just saying with basketball they like to say that the length of the game is too much um i understand what they're trying to do i'm also one of those people who is against participation trophies
2: well and okay so it kind of backfired because you
1: have to earn that (laughs) you have to earn that spot on second i agree that's what i feel
2: and then both of them have that advantage. Mm-hmm. So the away team scores a run; mm-hmm. they get three outs. We come up; we have a runner on second. Mm-hmm. So then someone knocks him in, mm-hmm. and we're going to extra innings still. So Keep going. yeah, it is. It's a <laughs> it's funny. It's we, and you
1: and it's just like it's a runner in scoring position with nobody else. I
2: know, like exactly to start exactly. Like
1: that's that's what you're coming out facing. Yes, that's. I mean. I, I guess I don't know I don't I don't really particularly care for it only because like I said I'm a firm believer and you got to earn everything that's out there I've always been that way
2: the best thing about baseball though I have to say is the home team always gets an opportunity always that's been, the
1: one good thing about it like you have to work for the full 27 hours yes there's no way to short change this
2: yep and watching overtime in NHL right now is just Oh, it is brutal it is so brutal
1: it's brutal. And not even that, too. Like, because, I mean, you make a good point when speaking about it. But it's one of those things, like you said, again, when you when you know how much is riding on the season. And like you said, them, them overtime games, you literally see. And I've talked about it a lot with UFC. You can see the moment. Shout out to Cowboy Cerrone. I just want to bring that up, too. But um, I say it all the time that you can literally see when they see the opening, like if they're if they throw a combination and they realize that they hurt their opponent, you see it in their eyes. They, they light up. So in that same regard, when you look at team sports, like, for instance, I, I, we talk about the Damian Lillard shot over Paul George a lot. One thing that I could not help but watch was that front row. Because when that shot happened in slow mo, you seen his sister recording, and you just seen that entire front row. You seen everybody's eyes light up the moment the shot went up, and then the moment it went down, you just saw all mouths open. And like that slow mo feel is one thing, but like you said, when it's overtime, um, when it's overtime, um, overtime postseason hockey, it's one of those things where when you see that final goal go in, you watch every other team. I mean, every other player from the opposite team just hang their head, and it's the worst because you're like. Oh, I know it hurt. Yes. Oh, I know that one hurt. Yes. And especially hockey, too, where you can kind of fight or where you can fight. It's one of those things where in that moment, you're like, yo, hey, <laughs> let me get this one out real quick.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so we're going to take a break here. Don't go anywhere. We're going to get into NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and we got to talk about some Major League Baseball, see where the standards are in each division. You're listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5 KUNV, The Rebel HD2.
0: Hey Rebels. If you have trouble buying enough groceries for the month, visit the UNLV Food Pantry. Open throughout the year, the pantry offers non-perishable food staples to faculty, staff, and students in need. The UNLV Food Pantry is located on the Paradise Campus. That's at 851 East Tropicana Avenue in Building 600. No rebel should struggle with hunger. For details, visit unlv.edu and search Food Pantry, or email food.pantry at unlv.edu. Hey Rebels, if you have trouble buying enough groceries for the month, visit the UNLV Food Pantry. Open throughout the year, the pantry offers non-perishable food staples to faculty, staff, and students in need. The UNLV Food Pantry is located on the Paradise campus. That's at 851 East Tropicana Avenue in Building 600. No revel should struggle with hunger. For details, visit unlv.edu and search Food Pantry or email food.pantry at UNLV.edu. Here's a healthy bit of information. Nevada Health is back with a brand new run of episodes on 91.5 KUNV. We'll sit down with award-winning local and national experts to talk about a wide range of health topics that impact you, your family, and our community's well-being. You can expect guests like Harriet Ryan, an award-winning investigative reporter who will tell us about the shocking origins of the opioid crisis. You'll also learn about the new science of breast cancer, how to use your health insurance smarter, why losing weight might be less complicated than you think, and much more. Join us Mondays at 8 p.m. and in podcast form on iTunes. HD2.com. Listen live online. You can log on anytime from anywhere 24 7. That's the Rebel HD2.com.
2: All right, let's go. This is the segment I have been waiting for. For a week now, we're talking about NBA playoffs here. You're listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5 KUNB, the Rebel HD2. I'm Alex White, here with Terrell Chatterbox, Emerson. Yes, yes. Okay, so...
1: Really quick, I just want to touch on one thing really quick before we hop into... Or actually, before we switch subjects. Okay. But my dad added one more thing. He said also for this to be the... Make sure my headphones are okay. So, also for this to be the first winner disqualified in 145 runnings of this race, it's a devastating blow um, to the camp of maximum security. Uh, Kentucky Derby win literally snatched out of their grasp, just like the old worldwide of. I'm sorry, just like the old wide world of sports intro used to say, they literally felt the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, all in uh, th- all, in the span of 30 minutes. Oh. Heartbreaking. I'm not even gonna lie, but to to literally. I think that kind of encompasses everything. Like, in a span of 30 minutes, yes. you experience the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat in one city. So I could, I mean, I, I've, I've seen situations like that happen, and it's not necessarily, like, obviously horse racing or anything of that nature, but I've seen, like, situations, like, I've seen calls, like, in football. I, I'll I'll put it this way. And anybody who went to Westchester High School – was that my senior year? I think it was my 11th grade year. And we were playing Hamilton. And um, I was on the sideline. And shout out to Coach Seek at Edwards. Um, shout out to Coach Seek, for sure. Um, was our baseball coach for a little bit. And when he was at Westchester, when he was going there, he was a um, quarterback for the football team. Okay. So even though he was our baseball coach, we all knew he, he, he got a passion for football as well. So um, he finally got his chance to coach football, changed the team around. There was one particular game I'll never forget it, and it was at Hamilton. And, um... Not even gonna say any names, but uh, uh, Hamilton first half was ours. First half was one sided, completely one sided. Right. Um, third quarter, they start to kind of show some, show some, show some little bit of excitement. I think it was their homecoming too, so you could tell that they're gonna play with a little bit more fire. Um, and it, it was one of those things where toward the end of the game, Sika was like. I already see what they're trying to do. So he was kind of like prepping the team for it. He was telling them that like they're all they're trying to set us up for this. They're trying to set us up for this big play, for this big pass play. Whatever the case may be. I forgot what the call was. It was a late hit on the quarterback, or it was some it was one of those like ticky tack ones. Right. And Sika was like, Okay, all right, whatever. And it was like seven, seven or eight seconds left. And I think they were at their 20. And that's when he said it. He was like, this is the past. Like, this is what they've been setting us up for. Right. He told the safety. He was like, he's going to fake a trap. He's going to fake like he's running it up the middle. Do not bite. Don't bite. Right. Don't bite. <sighs> like, we just need you to stand there because he's not going to want to throw the ball if he sees you there. Just don't bite. Soon as he hiked the ball, when I tell you our, saf- our safety bit, I... <sighs> It was one of those things to where when we looked up and our safety was probably in the position of a blessing middle linebacker, it was yeah. one of those we were, like, over the top, over the top, over the top. Sure enough.
2: Oh, my god, Over the top,
1: and we lost by four, I think, that game. And it was one of those after the game, Sika wasn't even, like, you could tell he was mad, but it wasn't even one of those where, like, he was going off on the team. Because when they first gathered around, the first thing he said, cause you could tell he was, like, kind of, like, messing with his shirt, so yeah. he was kind of, like, frustrated. But the first thing he said was he was like, I'm going to take that loss. He was like, I'm going to take that one. He was like, because somewhere down the line, like, even if I told y'all what was coming, we didn't lose this game here. He basically was like, it happened somewhere in practice. Because somewhere down the line, if I told y'all what was coming, you tuned me out. And you didn't tune me out here. Right, yeah. You tuned me out somewhere earlier in practice. He was like, so I'm going to take this loss. And that was the weirdest thing to me because I was like, I was waiting for him to point a finger, and he was like, "Nah." So because of that, I'm gonna take this one. He was like, "But I promise you, that will never happen again." Yeah. That next game was in, incredible. I had never seen a team come out with that level of fire. But after that game, we shouldn't have lost that game. No. So seeing something, and like I said, it and didn't, that
2: practice that next week of practice, exa- it was those probably guys. crazy. Oh yeah. It
1: was probably insane. Well, actually, it was insane. But I remember specifically because I had to ask him about that about that call. And like he said, he was like, "Yeah, like, and it, it, you could tell it in his mind, even though he probably wouldn't say it on wax." Like, that's the reason. It was one of those things where like, he went back to it and was like, "That was that changed a lot," and that's kind of all he would say about it. He was like, "That was big. Like, that was a huge call. It was all bad." Right. So I, I don't know. And and Rex had Rex had such something a good against quote, us.
2: I'm gonna remember that.
1: I, I can't forget it. You're right. I can't forget it. And it and it's so weird. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's weird. But you see certain things like that happen. We were at home, I think, that same year. And I was on the sideline and writing. And the referee was standing. <laughs> it was weird. The referee was standing at at like the 20. Yeah. And I'm at the 35 and I'm writing. As I'm writing, I look up. And I see Sika looking at me. And Sika has his headset off, but he's looking at me. And I'm like, I look over at the ref. The ref is looking at me. So I'm sitting there looking at both of them like, yo, what does y'all do? We got a whole football game going on. Why are y'all looking at me? And Sika was like, are you talking to the ref? I looked at Sika and was like, no. I just looked up and y'all staring at me. And Sika was like, all right, all right, all right. And Sika went back to what he was doing. At halftime, we were coming out the locker room. Sika was like, what happened? I was like, dog, I'm about to ask you. He was like, I don't know. He was like, I turned around and the referee was looking at you. So I looked at you. I was like, Sika, you should have looked away. I wasn't saying nothing to him. That's so funny. I don't know what it was, but referee, I think because Westchester is known as that basketball school, I think it was one of those things when they seen that we were getting better at football, they were like, oh, no. Yeah. I remember specifically one year we had Inglewood High week one, and it was the Battle of Manchester, and everybody was like, Inglewood? You guys are about to get smacked. And we beat Inglewood. Wow. And it shocked I everybody. I heard of Inglewood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it, has, it shocked everybody everybody in high school football they were like Westchester beat Englewood week one like wait a minute whoa hold on so I don't know I, I think it was a it was I look back to some of those high school football games and I'm like Phew. some of those refs I'm like who paid you guys that is please tough. tell me
2: yeah and they're thinking I don't get paid enough okay <laughs> maybe <laughs> um okay so back yeah thank you for your dad sending us that too but I just have one last point on mm-hmm. it it's just, if it's not so obvious, then why rip it from somebody? You know what I mean? Like, it'd be different if it was so obvious, and then, so that horse, country house, did deserve it, and that jockey and whatnot, then right. then I understand. But if it's not, like, blatant, this is the correct call, why put them through the... <laughs>
1: You know what and there's no real way to win this because I was thinking too like maybe you have like because the referees on the field or the stewards on the on the um on the uh, track and just anybody in general that's um that's officiating a the game they have their eyes from a certain playing field so I was thinking maybe in those bigger situations to have, like I said, go to the go to the um, replay center or whatever the case may be, and have somebody in there make that decision. But then we run into, and I see this being a bigger issue, we run into a silhouette making the decisions, and now the players are pissed because they don't know who to point at. And I think now that's a bigger issue because if at least if I know Ed Malloy is on the sideline and Ed Malloy said that I touched this ball last and I didn't. I'm pointing to Ed Malloy at the end of this game. But if you go to the replay center and right. they say X, Y, and Z, who am I pointing to after the game? So I don't even think there's a way for them to correct it that way. Now that I think about it.
2: That is true. Know. Then they're just angry. Then they just. <laughs> now,
1: now it's just like a typical athlete. that's just in, sitting in the mirror just by himself like. Right. So I'm saying
2: something they are not supposed to, to the media and but get then fined. people get mad at <laughs> Kevin
1: Durant and Russell Westbrook and Marshawn Lynch and even Josh Norman to a lesser degree. And Bryce Harper, like. Then when you get these athletes that truly tell you how they feel, all these reporters want to be sensitive about it. And it's like, what? Relax. Now, I told you I've said it plenty of times. Like, I think it's the weirdest thing when a reporter asks a dumb. We know what a dumb question is Based based on the way that a person will repeat it. Seriously, if you ask an athlete a question and they repeat your question, you should check yourself. Right. Because they're repeating it so you understand how it sounds. Right. That's that's the main thing. I never forget it. Um, I had Steve Weiss on uh, my radio show after um the Patriots and the Falcons Super Bowl. And I had always this is my first time have I had I have had two years worth of conversations with that man before I had him on my radio show. It's a diff it's a difference. When you're on a radio show, it's like we're not just in his house, just chilling, kicking it, talking about sports. I got to, like, conduct an interview. Right. So I kind of blanked in a moment, and I was like, you need to ask a question, like, to open it up, like, like a softer question. What are you going to do? And I froze and was like, how was your flight?
2: That's good. Steve
1: said, how was my flight? And in that moment, I was like...
2: I think that's good. I think you should warm him up kind of be oh, personable, right? No.
1: Afterwards, he said the same thing. He was, thing. He was like, I understand what you were saying. He was like, but that that wasn't the opener question that you were oh, looking for. And is. I was like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> he called me right after the show and he, he gave me my pointers or whatever. And that was just one of the things that he was like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. So I really find, like, I, I have a real big issue. Remember, wait, I don't know if you remember, but remember Chris Paul... Um, it was he was with the Clippers and they had lost in a game uh five and they were up I think it was Houston and they were up three one and they had lost in the game five so it was uh was it game five? Yeah, they had lost in the game five. So um now it's three two and they gotta go back to Houston and I mean they gotta go back to LA and I think um the whoever the guy was was like Chris, um, will the Clippers be back here for a game seven? And Chris looked at him and was like what? And everybody started laughing. Because I thought I I really think that everybody, whenever they see an athlete like give a, a reporter a question that they or give an, a reporter an answer that they don't like, I really think that they should go back and look at that Chris Paul thing. Because Chris Paul handled it in the best way a person could because he he asked the question back to him. He was like, What do you think? What am I supposed to say? Like even if I don't believe it. What if I what if I truly say no right now? Right. What are you talking about? Right. Like, and and that's one of those things to, like I said, and then being at USA Basketball practice, I think I brought it up to you before. I watched Kevin Durant and I couldn't wait to talk to him because I'm like, I I told you I feel how I feel. So I can't wait to just see what his energy is like. I don't know because these people follow him around for the full season. He's answering everybody's question. I'm not going to say any names, but one particular person said something. and He just looked at him and was like, well, what do you think? And the dude was like, well, I don't know. I'm asking you. And KD was like, well, that's great, but I'm asking you. And the dude was like, "Well, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not an NBA player." And Kevin Durant was like, "Oh, well, I am, and I still don't know." And looked around, and I was like, "Bro, he just don't like you." I was like, "I don't know what you did, but, but like I said, but on the outside looking in, everybody makes it seem like KD is walking around just pointing fingers at media members. Absolutely not, because I walked in as a 21 year or a 23 year old UNLV student, and he answered everything I put I put on the table. So I don't know.
2: Yeah, like you said, if they trust you and they. Uh Respect the questions that you're asking. But we're going to move from that because we're talking Summer League. We're going NBA. Yes, yes, I think you're trying to avoid this. Are you trying to avoid this?
1: The, I mean, the Pacers aren't in it, so I, ha- I don't care. Okay. No, just
2: well, I'll, I'll, uh, for everybody who missed last week, T here had a great time giving mm-hmm. me a hard time because I've got two teams I've been rooting for this season, mm-hmm. and that's the Milwaukee Bucks and... No, I guess it's really three that from last week. The Bucks, the 76ers, we all know I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan and the Houston Rockets. So when we came in last Monday, both and, of them and,
1: and we need to trickle that down again cuz every time you say that you're rooting for Houston, I I correct okay. you. You're you're rooting for James.
2: Thank you. That is that is correct. Okay. <laughs> so we'll leave them out. So we have the Bucks and the 76ers mm-hmm. and they both got killed in game 1. Yeah. So last week T came in and just looked at me and just said, "What happened?" What I happened? just wanna know. So now we get to turn it around and we have the Bucks are up to one mm-hmm. and the 76ers are tied to two with the Raptors.
1: You have a question? Because no? I, I have a question I want to pose to you oh, actually. Here we, yeah. Which one of you Ah, maybe I this shouldn't
2: even hard. ask that
1: because You you are a Sixers fan. Like I don't know if you, you well, you just admitted no, it, so I'm happy. I
2: think you're I think you're on to something.
1: Yeah, I think you're a Sixers fan. No, but
2: I mean I think what you're gonna ask? Go ahead. What I'm about to ask? Yep.
1: Okay, yeah, because you're a Sixer fan, so I don't know how I'm how I'm gonna feel about this question, but the question that I do want to ask you is: after Game One, after the way that both of those Game Ones went, which series are you more surprised about right now? Between on the East side, the because Sixers. Really? I think so. I'm not gonna lie. The way that Boston did what they did to Giannis in Game One, I'm shocked. Milwaukee I, has won two straight games. See,
2: and I think my. I was looking at it the other way of like, okay, Giannis can have that one bad playoff game. And he got, you know, he was pretty shocked by the Celtics and what they did. So, that one I saw turning around better. I, mm. you know, last week I I was like, the 76ers <laughs> are, have no chance against the Raptors. I jumped on board with you. I was like, they're losing in game five. <laughs> yeah,
1: I did say Raptors in five. Um, Sheesh. I mean, I a couple of things i just want to point out um i'm guilty of this and and you know what's so funny because i make it a point to try to be like oh no i'm so into basketball like like i don't let this one get by me that full year of Kawhi sitting out really makes you forget who Kawhi is like you know, I say I say Paul George is the smoothest player like on the planet. Yeah. Kawhi might be very, very close to second.
2: Yeah, I agree. Kawhi
1: just doesn't look like he he doesn't look like he thinks why while, he, while he's out there. It's it's all muscle memory. Like it's all repetition for him. Yes. I so agree. it's just so awkward to see him play because I'm looking at it and I'm just like, nobody can really stop him. Like, if he misses the shot, he just misses the shot. Like so that's why the only other person I think I've said that about. Um, In recent memory, in terms of shooting, in terms of everything on the floor, was Kevin Durant. So, if they do end up on a team together this summer, who's going to guard them?
2: I think those two (laughs) would be better together than either of them with LeBron James, right?
1: Yes. LeBron holds the ball too much. And and believe it or not, I think Kawhi would actually thrive a little bit better in that. Because Kawhi... LeBron does a lot of driving and... I don't know how much you you watch first take, but for instance, they keep doing every time they talk about LeBron, they show the same couple of highlights from this year. He has one against Phoenix where he's driving the lane and he throws it off the backboard and he goes and gets it. I don't think that was purposeful. <laughs> I think LeBron low key like went to go up and it, he lost the ball and it went hard off the backboard and he went and finished it. Um, yes. In situations like that where you see LeBron and he's dribbling top of the key or whatever and he's letting eight seconds uh, tick off the clock and then he's driving to the lane. Kawhi's going to drive right behind him. So, again, I don't think either one of them are really going to L.A. or to the the Lakers, I should say. But if either of them do, I think Kawhi does. I do, too. And I don't even think Kawhi wants to simply because I think KD doesn't want to because Katie wants to pass LeBron. And I don't think Kawhi wants to because Kawhi is the only person that has gone toe-to-toe with LeBron and beat him. So I just don't think Kawhi finds interest in that. It's just it's no fun. I think there's no fun in that. Yeah. I mean, unless he wants to go team up with LeBron and then play KD. But even then, Kawhi doesn't look like a person who needs to team up. No. He's kind of one of those people that's like, "Eh, I mean, that's fine. I'll take you. I'll take you. Like, Kawhi really looks like that guy at, like, the YMCA who makes his shot first. Like, first to make it on team captains. And he literally sits there like, you could pick your five. I don't really care. (laughs) Like, Kawhi really looks like that guy that's just like, I'll take him. Yeah. I'll take him. Hey, are you off? You off the clock? I'll take you. (laughs) Like... He's that guy. So, I don't know. But I mean, I I'm really really shocked about the Boston series. So, we I guess we could start there. Yeah, cuz there's um, a game tonight. So, Yeah. I, and and Boston might lose it. And that's like that's the weirdest thing. Boston might lose it. I I got so much faith in Kyrie out. I don't think they will. But
2: I know you do. It's
1: gonna be one of two things for Kyrie and it's really unfortunate. But Kyrie is going to have another one of those three for sixteen games, or Kyrie's gonna have like a twelve for fifteen night. Like it's gonna yes. be one of those where he misses everything or he doesn't miss at all. And it has to be one of those. But I think he, we're gonna know by the first quarter. I think we're gonna know. If Kyrie comes out and he's seven points, four assists, something like that in the first quarter, okay, Boston, you're you're in a good spot. You're fine.
2: So the Celtics are minus one and a half right now because it's in Boston. This is game four. Bucks are up to one. Do you like that, or would you would you take the Bucks plus one and a half?
1: As weird as this is, I'm gonna take the Bucks. Even though I said what I said about Kyrie, only because Giannis he has that like that that killer mentality. He has that showstopper mentality. So I think he's gonna like going into a hostile T D garden back against the wall you it either gonna knot it up or you're going up 3-1 and you're going back home so
2: i might have to give you some game updates well because it's at 4 p.m i know you got a final at
1: oh yeah 5 30. Uh, yep so. oh gosh and i got a final tomorrow at one
2: and <sighs> then you're done then you're done uh am i almost almost okay so the total on the game is
1: yeah actually I am You're done after thinking? tomorrow yes shout really? out for real
2: oh good I'm that's done awesome. in terms of
1: like showing up to classes I think after right. tomorrow but um hey, wait a minute, you might have just made me happy. Wow, I think I might be done after this week. that's good that's a win um yeah, I mean like I said i I look at that game I look at Milwaukee I see you just wrote the, the total. what was the total?
2: Two nineteen and a half um so the last game was 123 to 116 the game before that was 123 to 102. and uh milwaukee's
1: counting by threes so like that's the only thing milwaukee's gonna try to count by threes with chris middleton with um nikola miritich with brooke lopez even sterling brown to a lesser degree um
2: Two nineteen. I don't know. Um, Lauren, Eric. I know you guys are listening. Shout out to them, two of my best friends. Shout out. They've been. I mean, they've been texting me this whole last weekend mm-hmm. about who we like for NBA and NHL mm-hmm. throughout these play out, playoffs, and they've been doing pretty good. So hopefully, they text us and say what they think.
1: Please but let us know.
2: They've been on the over with them, I believe. And so I don't know if that's a. This
1: is game four. The only way that Boston wins it is if it's under yes that's the only thing so like
2: that's a good point the first game was 112 to 90
1: see yeah remember how i said the thing about the pacers and i was like as long as we keep bossing the under 90 in every game yes we're fine yes and i think we lost 97 to 87 before i think we lost 99 to 89 before we lost 99 and 90 like if you guys listen to what i said we win all of those games (laughs) if yeah hold them under 90 you win the, I understand it's easier said than done, but it's like I wonder how much Nate McMillan was really in the back, like
2: 90. Yeah.
1: 90's the number. 90 is the number. And then every game we're at 88, 87, 89. And it's like ugh, if you guys hold them under 90, it's a different series.
2: How do you think this series would be going if the Pacers, <laughs> the Celtics, and were playing the <laughs> Don't do that. Okay.
1: Don't do that. I, I told you coming into the year that we were going to get a first-round series. Yes. That's it. I didn't. I didn't see us winning a game in the second round, and guess what? We didn't win a game in the playoffs at all. So, yeah, if we were playing against Giannis and the Bucks, it, it would probably would have been similar to Detroit. And that's in all seriousness.
2: Hmm. <clears throat> all right. I won't. Uh, I won't. Please don't, rub that, yeah, okay. please don't so rub that in. Yeah. Please don't rub in. There's another game tonight, which I have a question for you mm-hmm. from Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. It went into overtime. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Golden State Warriors versus Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Uh the Rockets ended up winning that game in mm-hmm. overtime. They're down still though. Warriors lead the series two to one. Mm-hmm. Did you have any issue or <laughs> did you think anything with that overtime loss from the Warriors?
1: No, I mean not I I mean, when a team has been like a thorn in people's side for Yes. more than a season more than two seasons like you you kind of know who that team is so things come with that you have bad games things of that nature for anybody who saw Steph's finger right game one
2: yes that's not supposed
1: to be in that way so I understand that this one is offhand but for anybody who's ever dislocated a finger you think about that when you're shooting you think about that when you have the ball in your hand in general. You're thinking about it because all it takes is somebody if you're even if you're dribbling the ball and you go between the legs and somebody reaches for that, even if you keep possession and that ball is super close to the ground and it pops right back up into that finger, that can dislocate it. Yes. Like people don't understand that. So from the outside looking in and having dealt with um and having dealt with injuries of that nature, that's not something that it's to be taken lightly. And I'll explain a little bit more when we get back from this break. But, again, a lot of people are on the outside looking in who have never experienced a dislocated thing.
2: That's ve- very true. Very good point. Are we going station identification or we have a full um, break?
1: Well, we have a, about a quick little station identification break, and then we have another one less than 10 minutes away.
2: All right. We'll be right back.
0: This is 91.5 KUNV Las Vegas, The Rebel HD2. Hi, this is Dave Rowell inviting you to join me for two hours of great mainstream jazz on KUNV's HD3 channel. From 4 to 6 p.m. on the first and third Tuesdays of each month, enjoy music by Basie, Ellington, Brubeck, Getz, the MJQ, Rob McConnell, Mulligan, Gerald Wilson, vocals from Ella, Sarah, Diane Schur, Diana Krall, Joe Williams, Mel Torme, and more on 91.5 KUNV HD3 or streaming online at wherejazzlives.org
2: all right welcome back you're listening to talk that talk on 91.5 kunv the rebel hd2 i'm alex white here with chatterbox chatterbox was just talking about steph curry finger issue finger yeah, injury that and that issue this series
1: because i'm gonna tell a quick story really quick um shout out to Devonte dixon from uh westchester high school um, because we were outside playing and this was high school and this had to be our we were in Mr. Nelson's class. So that was my senior year. I think that was my senior year. And um, we were outside playing on the blacktop, playing like normal, and Devontae had like just probably still has the most boosties out of everybody. And when I say boosties, I'll say bunnies. All it means is hops. That's all okay. it means. So it's funny because he, he always used to jump And we used to be like Because he has bad knees And whenever he used to jump We used to be like You're so extraed out Because you know That nobody can jump with you Number one okay. And then number two You are gonna hurt yourself Like you out here Acting like it's a It's a dunk contest And nobody's even out here Messing with you So he had went up And it, it was the worst Because uh, Joey was out there Shout out to Joey Shout out to Jason I think Daryl was out there um, And then it was me and Devante And somebody had shot I think Joey or the Daryl Had shot And it hit the front of the rim and hit the backboard and hit the front of the rim again. And I don't know if he was going up to put the dunk back. I mean, to put the ball back, like in a dunk, or to come down with it. Right. But he went up, and I guess he jumped from too close under the basket, and he kind of got his hand, like, hit on the rim. Uh But when he came down, he looked at it, and he was like, ah, it's broken. And we were like, what? And when he moved his hand, so – put your hand straight out like, like 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 across your eyebrows for instance right and then look at it his pinky was straight up Uh and it was the weirdest thing because we was like if it did break it kind of broke clean because it's not even hanging like it's it's probably a, a solid break so it's right at that time because he looked at it and that's when he kind of grabbed it again and he was like bro i'm about to cry like something's wrong and so I'm like, OK, and then I hear honking. So I'm like, does this? I turn around. My dad is there. So I'm like, oh, I got to lead a pro. Like, I can't. I, I ah. So I run to the car and I'm like, dad, like, I think Devontae just broke his finger. He tells me that he's in arrest for something. He has to leave. So he's trying to tell me to call Devontae, figure out whatever, whatever. So I'm calling everybody. Nobody's answering. I'm like, he probably at the hospital. They probably fixed it up, whatever. He comes back the next day with a splint and i was like oh okay they fixed it what happened he said it wasn't a break it was only a dislocation but he had to go to coach pat our football coach and coach pat had to pop it back in so to see and like i said to this day if he jumps we we kind of talk about it because he was under the basket and like i said so now that i think about it imagine going up for a tip and you're under the basket but when you go up yeah your hand hits the rim right so that's how it went the way that it went so if that's blacktop in high school Steph's entire middle finger was twisted around, like it was it. It was the weirdest thing in the world. It was completely twisted around, and then he still has to shoot the ball. He still has to do all of these. Be this 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 um this crossover connoisseur. Like right. how? If you've ever dislocated a finger, even if you've popped one out of place before, like you know what it's like. I still got a crooked ring finger. I mean, a, a index finger. If you look at it, this finger is mad twisted.
2: Yeah, still it is. I can't. It looks ret- it too.
1: looks crazy. Like, I remember when I when I dislocated this finger because I, I wrapped it up and I kept playing too. So I wrapped it up and I kept playing, but I thought I had snapped, I thought I had popped it back in place. I get home, my dad rubs his hand like across my finger and was like, Do you feel this? And I was like, What? He was like, It's still out of its joint. He told me to look at my mom and he was like, On the count of three, I'm going to do it. He was like, One, two, and he did it at two because he, he didn't want me to hold my breath. So he did it at two and I just looked at him and I heard it. And I just looked at him and was like, Whoo! I was like, what did you just do? <laughs> and he was like, I think I might have just fixed your finger. So, and then, like I said, now I got to live with a crooked index finger. So, uh-huh. I mean, it just, it is what it is. But for anybody saying that, like, Steph threw the game or whatever the case may be, I don't think it's that. I think that he didn't think it was going to bother him as much as it is. Right. And for anybody who knows, too, it gets stiff. Oh, yeah. And then you have to have it taped up so you don't bend it. So you're in a lose-lose.
2: It, it It's definitely... And so looking at this game tonight, we are at, what, game four. Mm -hmm. It is in Houston, Mm -hmm. and it's even money right now. You tell me. You're not getting points. You're not losing points.
1: You tell me. I need to know. Woo. What you think? Because game three, I mean, I would have thought game three, like, well, going into game three, I would have thought Houston should win. Right. But, I mean, again, I look at Golden State, and they could win any game. So what are you thinking?
2: I agree with that. You know, I don't know if they lose two in a row. That's where I'm at. Even though Didn't the Clippers Houston? beat him two in a row, yeah, they did actually. They did the Clippers in round one of this playoffs. That
1: w- that was a good round. It was. I mean, that was that was an entire like from start to finish. Every even the West, even the Eastern Conference, even though there was a couple of sweeps, those are some good games.
2: Right. Absolutely. Um.
1: Nah, I'm not answering. It. I want your answer. <laughs> I don't want your answer. You said you don't think that they lose two in a row. So, you're you're ready to go on wax and say that? No. Put it on wax? No? No,
2: I'm not ready. <laughs> Come on. You know I'm a Harden fan. I'm,
1: I'm – I'm, See, I don't know. It's where emo- I'm pointing to. I I'm have, pointing to Harden.
2: Yeah, I have emotion right now, and I'm rooting for the Rockets. That's okay. Let's just – right okay. can we just root for a team one time? We're not absolutely making bets? Okay. Absolutely. I'm rooting for the Rockets. So, you're rooting about-
1: for Houston tonight? Yes. That's what I did with Brooklyn in game five. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I think Harden gets it done. Okay, I, I actually do think James Harden gets it done. Um, and another thing I want people to point out too, and just realize, um, maybe you can look up the numbers while we do this uh, quick station identification. But look up James Harden's numbers during the, during this series and Kevin Durant's numbers during this series, because James is shooting. James has shot. I think through the first two games, James has shot the ball forty seven times. So did KD, and they both had sixty seven points. Really. Yeah. So as much as everybody likes to be like, Oh, Katie is this way or Harden is this way or whatever the case may be, James Harden has been literally matching Kevin Durant step for step. My name is Frank. I mean, I call, call it what you want, you want but um
2: some, yeah, well, there's something to be said about that's, that. That's that's interesting that you um you pose it that way because I was thinking that Kevin Durant was having the series of his career.
1: He might be having a post-season of his career for sure. Yeah. But that might even speak more to James than because James is step for step with him.
2: I guess you're right. I didn't.
1: That's your boy. I mean, hey. hey. That's awesome. And I've I've gone on record saying that he got cheated out of an MVP once. So I think he should get this one this year as well. So I think James should have three sitting on his mantle. And he only has one.
2: He's not going to get this one. I don't think
1: he'll get this one either. I I think think he should, though. You do? Absolutely he should. I look at – I understand most valuable – Milwaukee can still hit those shots, I believe. Maybe even if Giannis isn't there, or maybe if Giannis misses an extended period of time, without Chris Paul, without Clint Capella, James Harden had Houston at third. Yeah. In the West.
2: Okay, that's that's. Conversation ends there for me. (laughs) Yeah, that's a hard debate. Um, Okay, so I'm gonna look this up. We're gonna take a break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5 K U N V The Rebel H D Two. Remember, follow us on our social medias, Twitter and Instagram at talk, that talk LV, and follow us on Facebook, Talk That Talk Radio Show. We've still got an hour. Don't go anywhere. We're gonna talk about NHL playoffs, finish NBA playoffs, and get to some baseball.
0: Support for 91.5, the Rebel HD2, comes from Smash Burger, located on Maryland Parkway in University Square. Smash Burger is open daily from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Smash Burger now accepts Rebel Cash and is the official sponsor of lunchtime on the Rebel HD2. This is member supported KUNV HD2 Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. Hi, this is Dave Rowell inviting you to join me for two hours